Thank you for listening to City Church Podcast. We hope you find this message helpful. And at the same time, it is important to us that you know podcasts should not be a substitute for the flesh and blood people of the church. Church is more than sermons. If you aren't a part of a local church, we would love to help you find one in your area. Please don't hesitate to email us at sermons at borocitychurch.com. That's sermons at borocitychurch.com. We would be happy to help. Thank you for listening. You've heard this before. Every 365, this Christmas message, this sermon, this trying to keep your kids quiet and hold them while they're squirming. Every year, the same old, ordinary. Good news, great joy, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, Mary's song and Jesus' birth. Goodwill to men, that is, if you're reading the King James, but after a while, all the names seem the same, Gabriel, Joseph, Mary, even Jesus, it all seems so ordinary. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching my time, I know. You got somewhere to be. You got good gifts to give, presents to package, to put under the tree. Don't worry, this will be painless, just like we all want our Christmas. Painless. Funny, though, Christmas didn't start as painless. After all, it's about a baby being born. Remember the curse? To the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing, in pain, you shall bring forth children. Ever seen a birth? It's violent. But every time we explain Emmanuel's entrance, we say the night was silent. Weeping and gnashing of teeth describes hell or just having a kid. But Christmas is not about that, or is it? Strange what stuff you find when you actually read past the place where Linus stopped with Charlie Brown. Past the place where angels said peace from heaven to shepherds on the ground. Good news, great joy, glory to God, peace on earth. None of that is possible without the very things that we want to drain out of the holy days, like pain and ordinary. Let me let you in on what Simeon told Mary. Let me quote you Luke 2, but not from the manger. This is like eight days later, and Mary and Joseph and Jesus meet this stranger. He goes by Simeon, lives in the temple, full of the Spirit, and his life is, well, simple. He just sits and waits. See, he got a promise that he wouldn't die until he laid eyes on the Messiah. So here it is in Luke's words. He took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. There it is again, peace, glory, salvation. Now bring in the pain, gory indignation. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. 
Hold up, wait, whoa. Simeon blessed them by telling Mary a sword will pierce her soul? Well, I guess it does kind of feel like a sword in your side to watch your boy grow up and die. And Simeon thinks that revealing our hearts will bring peace? That sounds awful. The thoughts of my heart are rarely thoughtful. But I guess the first step to healing is seeing them there because I spend so much time pretending they're not and acting like I got this. But nothing is healed that isn't exposed. And we all got broken hearts. Hmm, That's interesting. Pain before blessing. Hurt before healing. Cross before crown. Revealing my heart is the key to the start of this peace, this salvation, this good news that God is going to bring peace, not like the end of wars. Well, not yet, but still peace. Like when you've been fighting to hide something and then it's exposed and everyone knows, but then there's forgiveness and love. And suddenly you aren't hiding, you know, those thoughts in your heart. They were ugly, but now they're out. And you can breathe. You can sleep. You can rest in peace. Because the God that exposed them isn't standing there laughing. He's more like a surgeon healing now, patching you up. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like surgery. The sword is a scalpel opening you up. But some of us are afraid to get cut, which I suppose saves us some heartache when dealing with jerks, but also keeps the good doctor from doing his work. I guess in the end, what Simeon said, that every nation would have revelation of the salvation of men and glory of God, that it happened in Jesus. And though it may seem odd, the whole thing was quite ordinary. Not a spectacular show. Though the night wasn't silent, it was, well, kind of like any other night in Bethlehem. Another mother gave birth to a child through screaming in agony, pushing and sweating, came the moment we sing about, tender and mild. Another teen mother holding a kid, just a baby with a baby. You say, what about miracles? You know all the signs, the stuff Jesus did when he wowed the crowd. That wasn't normal. That wasn't boring. That was special, unique, sensational. Okay, but for 91% of his life, 91% of this rock star Jesus' life was too ordinary for anyone to write down. And we're telling our kids they need to hurry up and change the world. But the world doesn't change through hashtags on pompous posts. It changes through pain. It changes through ordinary pain. It changes through agony, pushing, and sweating. It changes through something so ordinary that it happens 370,000 times a day. Childbirth. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. 
And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. There it is again. Childbirth, hope and pain, joy and patience, suffering and glory. Salvation is sinners called saints and sons. Seeing is not believing, but believing is seeing. And believing is painful. Waiting is groaning, like being pregnant, Advent. You see, it's not the 370,000 births a day that will save us. Though every single one of those is a miracle, a tiny hope bursting out of ordinary pain. No, there is only one birth that began an adoption for the world. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. See, I told you. Well, I guess Isaiah informed us. A baby being born becomes a forever father and a prince of peace. The one and only God becomes weak enough to be a child, yet still strong enough to shoulder the entire government. Who'd you vote for? And he adopts all of us ragamuffin rascals roaming the sinful streets of self-reliance. We didn't have room in the inn, but he dislodges the door locks of heaven to let us in and calls all us underdeveloped urchins sons and daughters. He slaughters fattened calves, puts rings on fingers, robes on shoulders, and throws a party. But that's later. First, there's a life to live. Ordinary carpenter in the backwater ghetto making chairs and tables, feeding donkeys. Then, baptism. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Speaking of ordinary, how about when your cousin baptizes you and calls you a sheep? Then out to the desert for 5.7 weeks, tempted and tried, hungry and thirsty, He was in the wilderness with the wild things that turned on the one word that created them. And here comes that snake again, the accuser, the adversary, the embodiment of evil ever since the garden encounter with Adam and Eve. Back at it again, questioning the word of God, this time in the flesh. Hungry? Do a miracle. The original wonder bread. Unsure? Dive off the temple. Angels will catch you. It'll be spectacular. King, right? Take a knee. Just right here with me. And I'll establish your empire sensationally. 
Whatever you do about becoming this king, hissed the snake to the man. Make sure it's not painful or ordinary. Aim at crowns, not crosses. Gather crowds in stadiums. Friends on Facebook, followers on TikTok, fame, fortune. That's what kings are made of. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. There are those angels again. At his birth, a private concert for some painfully ordinary shepherds. At his temptation, a private meal for a painfully ordinary carpenter. Then out of the wilderness and into the crowds, he would heal people and tell them to be quiet about it. He raised folk from the dead and didn't allow anybody to film it on their smartphones. Of course, you know what we'd all do. A selfie and a humble brag with each little miracle. But Jesus told them, keep it quiet, silent night, all right? His whole ministry was like this, three years quietly given to 12 painful men and a handful of women. 12 painfully ordinary men. One of them sold him out. The other 11 left him for dead, a painfully ordinary death, executed by the government for threatening power with the truth, murdered by religion for living the truth, while Pilate stood by and asked, what is truth? Then Pilate told the truth about the Son of God who called himself the truth. I find no guilt in him. Man can say that about God and tell the truth, but God cannot say that about man because he always tells the truth. Yet in that phrase, I find no guilt in him, comes the way to peace through pain. The pain of the extraordinary becoming ordinary. The supernatural becoming natural. His truth becoming our lies. The righteousness of God becoming the unrighteousness of man. The failing grade for the one who passed the test. I'll let Isaiah tell you the rest. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant. And like a root out of dry ground, he had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Hear the ordinary? No beauty to be desired? Jesus wasn't making any magazine covers. Hear the pain? Man of sorrows, new grief like a best friend. It gets worse. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. 
and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter. And like a sheep that before it shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people, and they made his grave with the wicked and with the rich man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Sounds bleak, right? Sounds painful, right? Here comes the resurrection. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief when his soul makes an offering for our guilt. He shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. And he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the many. And he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he poured out his soul to death. And he was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many. And makes intercession for the transgressors. Mary was at the manger to see him born. Mary was at the cross to watch him die. A sword pierced her soul while a spear pierced his side. But hold on. Mary was there next to the manger, screaming in agony, pushing and sweating, then treasuring, pondering, holding her baby. Mary was there next to the cross, screaming in agony, praying and sweating, then treasuring, pondering, holding her baby. And Mary was there next to the tomb, shouting with joy, the fruit of her womb was alive, is alive and reigning on high and promises joy to everyone who believes, who will take up a cross, who will come follow me. Yes, it's painful to die to yourself over and over. Yes, there's nothing glamorous about putting others first. Yes, you'll lose your life. But losing for his sake is gaining everything. So here's my final Christmas ruminations. Maybe we need to talk more about how to take swords in our sides than figuring out whose side to take. Maybe the joy we're looking for doesn't come from hiding our weakness. It doesn't come from amassing power, stacking up cash, or adding more hours to our lifespan. Maybe the joy we want comes through pain. Maybe life comes through dying. Maybe the spectacular only happens when we let God work through the ordinary. Like a manger and a cross, like reading your Bible for the four millionth time or for the first, like a mumbled prayer at the back of a hearse, like going to church every Sunday, even if it's not advertised on Facebook as super exciting, you don't want to miss, I'm so excited, I just want to burst. After all, 
It's pretty extraordinary that through all the pain of the last 200 centuries, God's people still gather and sing the most ordinary hymns. Like joy to the world, the Lord has come. Nobody still gathers and says, hail Caesar. So yeah, every time we do this, every year when I preach this Christmas sermon, this ordinary Christmas sermon, I guess it's sort of a miracle that for one more year before Jesus comes back, we got the privilege of bearing crosses together, weeping together, laughing together, loving together, reconciling together, worshiping together. So that one day after the painful and ordinary has passed away, we can do the laughing and loving and worshiping without the weeping together forever. So what's the catch? How do you get in? Childbirth. Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The thing about childbirth is though, yes, it is painful, yes, there is agony and pushing and sweating, being born again, turning and becoming like a child, just like every childbirth, is a miracle. A work not of ourselves, but of God. And there's the hope, the good news, the peace, the joy. Being reconciled to God isn't a matter of being good enough. It's simply a matter of confessing you aren't enough, but that Jesus is. In the manger, on the cross, out of the grave, nothing is lost. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. No more let sins and sorrows grow nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. Let's pray. Our Father, take your word and bind it to our hearts in a way that it doesn't leave us in the painful moments. In a way that we cling to the joy of knowing Jesus despite circumstances that attempt to drain the joy from us. Give us the courage to see our own sin, to confess it, and to trust it to your son, Jesus, who died for it. 
make this church a people who live painfully ordinary lives in whom your Holy Spirit dwells to make the simplest acts of love a spectacular miracle in this city. Draw many to your son through the testimony of your grace to us. In Christ's name I pray.